Dude, all I'm saying is that Justin Timberlake is like the greatest man amongst men. That is a bold statement. I will disagree with you, and we will tackle that issue on a very later date. That is true, but speaking of tackling, what are we watching today? Today, we are going to tackle and hopefully make all of our viewers say Matei with a review of Bloodsport. Yes, so uh, don't throw the salt in your opponent's eye. Throw it on your popcorn. Welcome to Grab Your Popcorn. I am Brian Crock. Along with me is, of course, David Kalisa. Hello again, everybody. And we are going to review the movie Bloodsport. Now, Bloodsport is one of these movies that you probably watched while growing up. Unless you're young, then you may not have seen it. I don't know. But you probably watched it at some point in time in your life back in the 80s and were like, man, this is a great movie. And then later on, when you're watching it again, completely drunk, you're like, man, this is a great movie. <laughs> and then much later on, when you watch it sober, you're like, holy crap-tastic, this is not a good movie. You are 100% correct, because that is exactly what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember I watched this movie at least once or twice, being in the martial arts phase, of course, you know, Jack Chan got me into it. And I'm like, you know, all these movies are cool. Yeah. And, you know, I remember watching Time Cop with Jean-Claude Van Damme. So I wanted to watch a few of his other movies, watch Bloodsport. Yeah. And then, you know, got into high school and college and I partook in adult beverages and watched with my buddies. And, you know, when you're inebriated, everything's a great idea, including watching that one. <laughs> and then I today watched it for the first time sober. Yes. Completely different viewpoint. All right. Not so good. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've watched this. I've only watched this movie sober. So I, I know exactly how horrible it is. But it's still still at the same time, it's one of those movies that like if I happen to be, you know, bored on a Saturday or something and I'm flipping through channels you and all of a sudden you're like, you know, you flip channel 11 and it's playing Bloodsport and you're just like, yeah, OK. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Let's, let's watch Bloodsport. That's Why right. not? It's, you know, if you're looking to kill the time or whatever like that and you're just lounging anyway, yeah, it's going to happen. It is the quintessential 80s martial arts film that makes zero sense, has horrible fighting choreography. And, and editing. And, and, editing. and editing. Yes. And <laughs> some of the worst acted scenes and one of the greatest 80s soundtracks ever. <laughs> Uh, you know, like underneath Highlander, it's got obviously. Like a, it's got like an exactly even list of pros and cons. <laughs> it's just, it is, it is nonstop goofiness just straight out of the 80s. And that's one of the reasons why it has been such a popular <laughs> film is because this, this falls into the category of this movie is so bad, it's amazing. Exactly. And uh, and we are definitely going to tackle a lot of the controversy that is now behind this film. Yes. Some of the things that uh, you probably don't know, but are just probably going to make your jaw drop a little bit of like, how the hell is that possible? But hey, we're in America. Exactly. possible. Exactly. And uh, it's going to be awesome. Let's get into the actual plot here in case anybody, you know, doesn't know or doesn't fully remember what blood sport. Oh, the, the, is. the extremely complex plot twisting plot yes. that there is. Okay. Yes. Yes. Right. So it goes like this. Frank Dukes <laughs> is in the military. Frank then- Dukes gets invited to the Kumite. Frank Dukes then goes to his master's house, stares at a sword for a really long time. Yeah. And has a 10-minute flashback to his childhood where he was apparently the worst actor ever cast as a child. I I, I cannot wait to find that kid's IMDb. This has got to be his only movie. And it's, like, and it's I so bet you bad, it's not. too. It's, I bet you it's not. Like, just just imagine this. So they cast this kid who who I guess kind of maybe-ish looks like Jean-Claude Van Damme. If you're drunk, he looks like him. Yeah. I'll if, tell you that. If, if you're drunk, doesn't sound anything like him. So, oh, absolutely so they, not. they no. dubbed over his voice, obviously, and gave him a weird accent. Because. And then. Yeah. Then to put, put like, the, the cherry on top for this kid, they have him in Giants gear. 
San Francisco Giants and the New York Giants. <laughs> it doesn't. It's all the Giants. It's it's okay. It he only sense. cares about teams that are named the Giants because reasons. Yes. <laughs> Young Frank Dukes decides to steal a sword from uh, Mr. Tanaka, gets the crap beat out of him by Tanaka's kid, and then is like, yeah, I want to do that. Then proceeds to get trained by Tanaka going forward after that, and that's when you find out that Tanaka's son died in some tragic way. And then uh, uh, Frank Dukes decides that, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to fight in the Kumite and I'm going to be the honorable i'll be your unofficial son yeah i will fill his place as much as i can for you and i will represent your family at the kumatai when instead what he should have said was as a ninja being trained by you i am your weapon because that's what ninjas should be <laughs> well and it would have actually made more sense than what the film actually portrayed yes. so jump forward <laughs> uh after that and uh and you've got frank visiting his master and just saying all that same crap again. Like I want to go and I want to fight in the Kumite. It's like under your clan names, like, and I'm a win and it's going to be awesome. And, and Q eighties montage. Yes. Montaging with, so, with intense staring. And I guess his stare is like the hits and it's just, it's horrible. I can't, I it's can't do so it. so bad. It's so bad. He just intense stare. And then Frank Dukes gets knocked down. Intense yes. stare, knocked down. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yes. So uh, after the long montage, after well, after the the flashback, and then after the montage, and then like all this other crap, <laughs> like it's it's just like they're like okay, like off to Hong Kong. Now the only thing impressive out of the whole montage is, of course, you know Jean Claude's physique, which is you know this is like his big movie to truly show it off. Yeah, and you know his skill and whatnot, and dude is shredded. So, no doubt about it. So you want to know something funny about that? Absolutely. Is that uh, when when Frank Dukes, the real Frank Dukes, the real met, real life. met Jean-Claude Van Damme, he said, uh, no, this guy doesn't have the physical capabilities to play me. <laughs> then proceeded to put Jean-Claude Van Damme through three months of intense physical training to make him strong and flexible like a ninja. And and that the result of that is what is seen on the film. Well, I tell you what, it is and it and is I, impressive. If if Frank Dukes has ever done anything in his life, he did that. He did that, and you know what? That might be the only true fact that you're going to learn of it today. And it's probably still one of the big things that Jean Claude is known for. Keep in mind, Jean Claude Van Damme was a world class kickboxer at the time as well, with an 18 and one record. This is this is public record. You can search this. <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme is actually a a kickboxing champion. Yep. Unlike other things that you'll learn that you cannot search, but they're supposed to be fact in this movie. Yes. So <laughs> so we're going to fast forward a little bit more. Frank is Only being, about 10 more minutes in, in the movie. <laughs> Frank is Frank is being uh, uh, basically chased down by the military and uh, yeah. the, the CIA. He, he, he's on furlough, but I feel like they're almost treating him as if he's AWOL. Yeah. Because I guess it's like... He's supposed to be this like big military weapon that they've put all this money into. And we're going to specifically use two people's worth of manpower to try and get you back. Yeah. Because reasons. Yes. So <laughs> Frank flies off to Hong Kong because that's, that's where it's being held at. Yes. There he meets Ray Jackson, who, who is uh, like uh, a biker. Yeah, he, he with no he is, fighting style whatsoever. He, he is the comedic relief of the film, and thank God for it because he he does do a very good job for his role. I you you, you can't not love him. It's, yes, it's impossible. He is he is that type of character, and uh, he he adds uh, some good camaraderie throughout yes. the film. So they show up at at the place where the Kumite is being held, and they have to prove that they are there for a reason. Yes. They don't have to make Jackson prove that he's there for a reason for some reason, but they have to make <laughs> Frank Dukes oh, prove himself that, because Dukes is coming in under the name Tanaka to the Tanaka clan. And so they're like, you know, Jackson's coming in as American biker here to whoop everyone's ass. Like, yeah, he's, he doesn't have to prove anything. They know why he's there. Yes. You know, but when, when you have Mr. White boy coming in under the Tanaka clan name, he's going to have to prove a little bit more. And they're like, do the dim mock. 
And the guy's like, what's the dim mock? It's number 12 on the Asian cuisine list, but, you know. And he goes, <laughs> uh, the death touch, which then, of course, makes me instantly pop into my head. <laughs> Aha! I hit your death spot. <laughs> which from no one what, will understand. From one no of the greatest martial arts movies ever made. Period. And we need to review that movie because that movie's brilliant. We'll get to that later. I mean, like, you've heard of, like, Jet Li and Jackie Chan and all of these people going out there making these, like, just absolutely brilliant martial arts movies. You know, all of that. Not one of them has anything on this movie. All I can say is Ricky O. The story of Ricky. Exactly. <laughs> we'll get to that movie later, though. Oh, boy. Ricky O would just destroy everyone at the Kumite, probably with one punch. One look. <laughs> <laughs> You're so, all free now. <laughs> <laughs> so he just destroys the stage. It just, so it's game over. Frank does the dim mock, bust, bust the brick on the bottom because that's supposed to be awesome and uh, therefore proves himself. I like Jackson's one better. And then. <laughs> when he smashes the brick yeah. on his face? No, no. Well, right before he goes, oh, see that one on the bottom? He hits the, hits the one on top. He goes, look, not a scratch on it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, uh, that's when they introduce, uh, like, really Chong Lee. It's like as, uh, played by Bola Young. Yes. And uh, and he, he gives the line, which is basically cut straight from Enter the Dragon. It's like, you know. Which he was in. Yeah, which he was in. It's like, bricks don't hit back. Uh-huh. He goes, Duh. <laughs> See, that's what I was waiting. I was waiting for Jackson just to be like, brick. Like, just chuck a brick at him. Like, ah, bricks do hit. If thrown. <laughs> because physics. That is true. That is also true. So, so yeah. let's get to the fighting. There's tons of it. There is. Um, you Some know, of it's it, in slow-mo. Some of it isn't. Some of it is in slow-mo montage with 80s music. Some of it is, uh, like, super intense. And some of it's really silly. And uh, there's a variety of it. There are, you know, multiple types of fighting shown, which is yes. neat The entire point of the movie <laughs> is to showcase all of these different fighting styles. But most of them are just sort of duplicates of... Because of, there's, like, a bunch of different kung fu ones. There's no real, like... I didn't see any real like karate fighters in there. It's like, and, I'm, the, and I'm gonna be honest, out. I didn't like see much like real fighting. Well, and like when it when it wasn't Bolo or yeah, yeah, or, you know. So, so the, the, <laughs> here's the funny thing with a lot of the fighting styles is that a bunch of them were like stuntmen. So that's that's one of the reasons why like the fighting styles are the way that they are. The uh, the one Muay Thai fighter though. That dude was real. Okay. That dude was legit, like a legit uh, Muay Thai fighter. It's funny how Muay and Thai. And he was, he, was, he was a champion. I right. mean, he's very well known in the sport. You know, was, it's funny that Muay Thai always gets, you know, tied in with like actually like, very rarely do they, are they allowed to be like represented, like, yeah. in, like by a stuntman. Like it's, it, if it's like, it's like a rule for Muay Thai. If you're, if you're going to put it in the film, you have to use a real fighter for yeah. it because we, it, were, we refuse to be imitated. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other cool thing about, about that character actually was the fact that his uh, shorts that he wears uh, have his, his I, I guess, dojo oh, okay. like printed on it. And that's real. Like that's legit like the dude's dojo that he trains at. Awesome. And they got a lot of business actually from that movie because the people in, in Thailand were like, oh, we're like, going that's, there. That's that. That's that. That's right down that's, the road from that's me. Down the street, exactly. So, like, yeah, they got a ton more business out of out of that dude appearing uh, in the movie. So, I was awesome. actually really happy about that one. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's neat when movies allow that sort of stuff, and I w- I wish they wouldn't do it for just corporations. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's not just, and I get why they do it, obviously. Yeah. But it'd be really neat if Hollywood picked up the idea to support small business by doing that. In modern movies. Yeah. Just as a little side pitch for everyone out there that's listening. That would be nice. It would be nice. Uh, so, yeah, the movie is basically at this point just showcasing multiple fighting styles. But this is multiple fighting styles from people in the 80s, like presented for an 80s American audience. who yeah. So they don't know, like, most of the intricacies of these fighting styles. Uh, and some of them, I'm fairly certain, were just made up. Like, And, and naturally, you know, as we mentioned before, the fighter choreography... You know, whoever they got for the movie was not very good, <laughs> you know. 
Yeah. But, I mean, uh, yeah, there, there is. Yeah, because you could, even a fight choreographer can train well, well, unknowledged you know, people. But here's the thing. You know who the fight choreographer was, right? Let me guess. Frank Dukes. Frank Dukes. <laughs> <laughs> At least he was one of them. There he was, was there a were man several, of many hats. There were this. several actually on, on board uh, for that one. But, yeah, it, it, he, was, he was definitely listed as, as a fight choreographer for the movie. And, in fact, uh, he and Jean-Claude Van Damme almost got into an actual fight over how a fight should be played out. Well, you know what? That should have been recorded, and then that should have been called blood sport. <laughs> oh, no, no. It gets better than that. They had a prearranged time to fight on a rooftop. Uh-huh. Jean-Claude Van Damme shows up with his entourage, and Frank Dukes is like, they're on like a 60-story building. He's up on like an I-beam on the edge of the building, and they said he does like a spinning roundhouse kick or something like that on this I-beam. And like doesn't flinch, doesn't fall, doesn't stumble, nothing, nothing of the sort. Just does like this this spinning jump kick thing and lands it perfectly. And Jean Claude Van Damme just goes, "All right, Frank, you made your point. Now let's go get dinner." What? <laughs> this is verified by Jean Claude Van Damme and his entourage. That happened. So this dude's like fifty percent bullshit, fifty percent actually crazy. Yes. No, no, absolutely. That's okay. All right. Well. Totally works, right? All right. So all of these fights happen, all of these different things. So you got like the sumo wrestler. You got the Muay Thai person. You got all these different kung fu fighters. You've got, uh, you know, the uh, Chong Lee, who's just brute force and he's a tank and like, that's it. Uh, and then you've got Ray Jackson, who's very similar to that, except he's American and bigger. And uh, not as toned. And not as not as muscly. <laughs> and then you've got uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme as Frank Dukes, who is uh, fit and lean and powerful. And there for honor and representation. Yes. And he's, you know, it's, it's, it's that cut and dry, you know, you can tell who the good guy is, tell who the bad guy is. Exactly. And everything like that. And you're just like, okay, let's, let's get through all the bullshit. Let's, let's get to the final battle of, uh, of good versus evil here. Yes, exactly. This leads to uh, like the uh, I guess the semifinals where uh, Ray Jackson has to go up against Chong Lee, and Ray gets the first blows in and knocks him down, and then he thinks like, "Hey, I've got it, I've won," and Chong Lee's just like, nah, "Nah, sucker, I'm gonna hit you again and kill you." Well, almost kill him. Almost kill him. Stomps his head, makes him makes him bleed, and then takes the uh, the bandana off of his head. Yes, and he. Crushes it in his hand like it's his neck. Yeah. Making, making. (laughs) Yeah. I can crush this bandana. Bandanas don't hit back. (laughs) (laughs) So then then, uh, Frank's just like, no. Yeah. All sad. And then you have, oh, and then you also have this reporter. She's trying to get her story on the Kumatai. Sorry. Sorry. I just want to go back. Like I've got nothing against this actress, like as a person. But the acting in this, in like for her, is just so bad for the most part, especially the reaction shots to the fights. Oh yeah, it's just so bad. Like I'm sorry, lady. I'm I'm sure you were absolutely doing your best, and I'm sure there are other things that you were in that you are are a great actress in. This was not your strongest. I'm sorry. Negative. So yes. yeah, the reporter there, like that's a, it's a you it's, know, and then it's a love interest. That's basically the entire reason why she was there. Oh, um, like I, you know, she's like the only like female actress that has lines in the movie. Yup. <laughs> so, you know, it's you know, you can tell why she was put in there and everything like that. Definitely, she, she's quintessential uh, '80s blonde girl. Yes. Yep. You know, you, you could have put her in Top Gun, and then there would have been no difference. Hey, hey, we don't. <laughs> I knew that would. We don't. We don't say that about Top Gun. I knew you would say something about that. Top Gun is the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> okay, so now we got two movies to tackle for a later subject. Hey, I'm so looking forward to the next Top Gun movie. You have no idea. Oh no, I, I'm like, right there with you. Trust you me. You know, people people I talk about like, to like your their, feathers. their movies and stuff like that. <laughs> Top Gun is mine. Okay, I love that movie, and I don't care how bad it might be. So we have Miss B- Miss Bad Actress. She infiltrates. She plays her woman card, and of course, you know, finds some Asian millionaire that's you know there as an observer for the yeah. Kumatai. 
And now she's undercover getting her story about it and everything. And she's all heartbroken because Jackson's now injured and doesn't want to see Dukes get injured. Because yeah, she's, she's like heavily in, invested into this fight for some reason after that. Mainly because she was banging Frank at yeah, the time. after knowing him for days. So, so then, then you get one of the best, most dramatic scenes of all time. And that is Frank Dukes meandering around Hong Kong, contemplating life and wondering about the safety of his friends that he just met like yesterday. (laughs) All in a montage. All in a montage (laughs) with a song played underneath it that is so 80s, you will cry. So 80s, your hair will be feathered by the end of it. Absolutely. (laughs) It's just so bad. And then, of course, there's another scene. (laughs) <laughs> Which is like number number eight of Jean Claude Van Damme doing the splits. Yeah. I'm not kidding. It's done like eight times in this movie. I told you it was like the main thing that they wanted to like feature for and whatnot. And, like, I, and, what, and I truly what? believe because in other action films, like that sort of like physique and like stature for an actor just was not represented. Yeah, that that level of flexibility <clears throat> exactly was, was you not. Know, so you know. And in a you, sense, you JCVD, of, he broke the mold for a lot of things. You, th- you think a lot of the the other uh, like action films that came out at that time, especially like martial arts types one, uh, you know, it, you've got uh, you've got Bruce Lee, you know, before that you you have Chuck Norris doing his thing as well. Like, but a lot of that is still the the straightforward, like just tough dude, like doing his thing. Just straight up martial arts in a sense. Yeah, yeah. It's all like, you know, quick hits, it's all like straight power and stuff like that. While Jean Claude Van Damme was supposed to like showcase more finesse. Finesse and, and style. technique. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's why he was a different kind of fighter that they they had for this movie. And that's that's one of the reasons why they liked it. Not to mention, I mean, they knew that Jean Claude Van Damme looked good and you know, you take his shirt off and you're gonna Exactly you're gonna get Get the women to swoon. So that's exactly what they were banking on. Exactly. Uh, So, yes, after the montage of of Frank Dukes meandering around the city, he then has to go back and fight against the big bad guy, Chong Lee. Chong Lee. So Chong Lee had killed the dude before that, much to the dismay of the Black Dragon Society. (laughs) And... uh, and so this final bit was going on where they, they now now it's it's Frank Dukes versus Chong Lee, like the the two powerhouses of the tournament. Yep. And so they decide to then change the arena up to some weird slanted thing because reasons. Because reasons. And then this leads to the most epic eighties fight in martial arts yes. cinema. So I will now kind of introduce, um, I'm going to plug in here why we did this film today, actually. Uh, we chose a good follow of ours and a very good friend of mine, Blake Turner. Yes. Um, he wanted he wanted us to do this movie. He likes to, uh, just like how I used to like to watch this movie, he, <laughs> he likes to enjoy his weekend and whatnot, and after a nice night out and whatnot, he likes to put this on and enjoy the wondrousness that it is. And, um, and he... Uh, you Let's know, do a reaction this, video of him just watching it like sober. Lord, that'd be great. <laughs> we might do a live stream of that, you know, just like the last half hour of the film. <laughs> just to, just move through that. So, um, you know, but, you know, this is this is what we wanted to start doing. Why we wanted to, you know, integrate, you know, our listeners into this and whatnot, show you that we are paying attention to, to you know, who you are and what you're doing and whatnot. So, yeah. you know. This is for him and whatnot, but, uh, you know, we got to say that we, we love the choice, you know, right out of the gate, you know, it was one that we were looking forward to doing, yeah. um, some time ago. And so this fight scene coming up though, has of course, you know, just, you know, of course, like, uh, many of the other viewers of this movie do a lot of his favorite scenes in it, Yeah, you know, cause it, you know, it is the most dramatic of all the fights. It is the most anticipated of all the fights, the most slow-mo of all the fights, <laughs> the most slow-mo of all the fights. And, um, you know, he, he just, he loves, you got the, you got the nut shot in there, which I truly, well, that was in, in, in the previous fight with the sumo wrestler. Doesn't he also do it to, no, oh, he hits him in the, he, he hits him some other way. So yeah, yeah. In, in Frank's semifinal fight, you know, he does that and whatnot, which that scene though, the, his nut shot, I hundred percent truly believe was Ed Boone creator of Mortal Kombat's. That was his inspiration for oh, Johnny Cage. Jo- absolutely. No, yeah. and he stated that. Yeah. He's, he said that in, in past interviews. He's like, nope. 
Yeah. Johnny Cage is absolutely <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme, and that's why we gave him the split nut shot. Except for his special move, the Shadow Kick, which was inspired by the Bruce Lee film, yes. Turn of the Dragon with the mirror scene, yeah. which is awesome. So you got that. You got, you got you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme, he does this crazy-ass jump, you know, whatever. He does the jump splits, which is yes. the ninth time. He does it like four <laughs> times in a row, too. It's all like jump, yeah. split, kick. And it's like, that's like the most worst way that you could <laughs> jump over something that leaves you open for anything. Yeah. You know, you'd be caught and then just straight like pile drive down to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you got that. And then of course, which I learned a little bit different thing that, you know, you got, you know, in the middle of the fight and everything like that, just when you think Frank's got it and whatnot, uh, Chong Lee, Chong Lee gets up, he crushes this little tablet. Yes. What is that? And you see, you saw they put it in there before the fight. And now he finally gets to see it, and he throws salt. Yeah, if you had the thought that he was just, like, adjusting himself, you know, like, you know, right, just had some movement down below in the crotchetal region, and then, like, he was like, okay, I just got to adjust. No, he was trying to cheat. He did. And he pulls out a little salt pill. Yep. And he and crushes it, and he throws it in Frank's eyes. And, Blake, I am sorry to tell you, buddy, like that, is not, that is not sand. It is not, not sand. sand. If you look at it, it is very white. It is, it is salt. very white and fine. Sorry to break your heart, buddy. Uh, so he throws, throws the salt powder into his eyes and blinds Frank. And then Frank has like 30 seconds of screaming where he's just like, he just looks like he's in a death metal band. He's getting hit. He's getting, he gets hit and stuff. And then he's like down on his knees and stuff that he's just like, (laughs) for the love of God, please stop. <laughs> and then it keeps going. And it's so bad. Because it's in slow mo. Because it's a slow motion scream. That's unneeded. It is entirely so, unneeded. And of course, mid fight during slow motion scream, interject montage flashback again. Yes. Of, <laughs> of him training while while wearing a blindfold. Like, Which, oh. I I know how to do this. Half training, half master, serving tea. Master <laughs> taught me how to do this, how to fight blindfolded. Now I will use all of my skills to fight this enemy while blind. And, and then he blocks a hit. Yeah. Somehow. Because magic. Because reasons. Tanaka's probably sitting at home talking to his wife like, that dumbass is probably going to try to pull out a blindfold and wear it during a fight. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid white boy. (laughs) Let's just skip past all this crap now. So he goes and fights him blind and then beats him up and he knocks him down and then he like is holding on to him and he's just like, say it. He's holding on. Keep in mind, he is holding on to his head and like the... Worst, most like fake way possible. Like there is yeah. no stress or force possible that the way he was holding his head no. could be uh-uh. putting anything on him. No. And he just <laughs> and he just says it like say it. And then Chong Lee goes, Ma Tay. And then oh. like and then, oh, no, he said Mate, which means that he gives up. And then Frank wins. Yay. Yay. And then he flies off back to America with the military. Bing, bang, boom, done. And just like that. Roll credits. And just, well, not quite. That's when they go into the, uh, the, the facts of story, life. The true story aspect of Frank Dukes. True story facts. So this movie is horrendous. <laughs> it's so horrible. It's amazing. It's so bad that it's beyond good. It went to great. <laughs> And it circled right back around. And it, yeah. And, just, and, and, and you go through this process every time you watch it, you get like great, horrible, great, horrible, great, horrible. Like, <laughs> like, like 50 times during this movie. <laughs> and then you're just sort of like forced to come back and be like, I mean, it was entertaining. It, so like, why wouldn't I, I watch this again? <laughs> it, it's literally like a roller coaster. You know that you're going to get the shit scared out of you. But by the end of you're like, that was fun. Let's go find another one. Exactly. <laughs> the other one is called The Quest, if you're wondering, starring John claude Van Damme. Choreography written and stuff done by Frank Dukes. I'm not kidding. The Quest is like literally the sequel to Bloodsport that no one asked for. But everyone needed. But everyone needed. 
And it's got even more fighting styles in it. I love the quest. It's such a horrible movie. Oh my God. So yeah, this is all this crazy stuff where it then talks about Frank and like how he, he did all of these crazy things and that's crazy things. And that's where the movie then kind of goes. So, uh, the movie, like it costs like somewhere around like $2 million total. Low to budget, make. definitely low budget film. There was yes. very little CGI. If any, there was use. none. Yeah. There was no CGI. Cause there was nothing to CGI. It was all just slow motion. Well, it's Hollywood. You know, you always think you always think about it. There's always something CGI. Yeah. But, I mean, it was made in, uh, let's see, uh, 88. So, I mean, there wasn't, there wouldn't have been, that, that would have been way over budget. Not to mention, I know the production company that the, like they worked with the uh, UGC worldwide or whatever. I was just saying as a general statement, butthead. Oh uh, yeah, um, but either way, they earned, it earned like sixty-five million in the box office. Well, yeah, for the time that it came out, yeah, this was definitely going to be a highly entertaining movie. There was no reason not to see it. Yes, and uh, I mean, it's got it's got a great cast of people in it, and and we will let's go ahead and actually just jump into the cast. Why okay, not? We can do that. Uh, let's start with uh, like nobody because I don't really want to talk about any of these people. I mean, we can talk. Let's about, start with the actress. Let's see what she did. Oh, uh, Leah Aries. Yes. Uh, let's see. She did not do much. She only has thirty six credits under her belt. She oh she did she TV. did a bunch of TV. Uh, her last bunch thing being nineteen ninety eight. She did an episode of Sliders, which right. was a great show. But that's beside the point. Hey, she got to bunch star of Walker Texas Rangers. Oh yeah, three episodes. Uh yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, she never did like any movies after after uh, Bloodsport, except for a TV film. But I mean, that doesn't count. Oh wait, no, no, no. She did The Prayer. That's the other feature film that she did. The, the Prayer. Yes, which happened a couple years later. Okay, good for but her. But all in all, I mean, like, I mean, she's she seems nice. She's what? She's sixty two now. Hmm. There you go. There you go. Yeah, married to some dude named Bruce. <laughs> Lives all in right. Baltimore. Let's. Let's jump over a little bit. Let's, let's do, uh, I don't want to do. Uh, How about we do his mentor? Oh, Roy Chow. Roy Chow. Tanaka. Yes. Uh, so he is uh, Chinese. <laughs> Thank you for that clarification. I'm just saying because he's definitely not Japanese like he is shown in the, in the movie. And I'm sure a bunch of people were pissed off about that. <laughs> I'm sure he might have been pissed off about that. Like, I'm not Japanese. I'm Chinese. Well, you know what? He got a good paycheck from it, so. And it like, that's the other weird thing is that they do all this, like, Chinese stuff, but, like, they mix in Japanese stuff. Like, kumite is, is a Japanese thing. It's like, I don't get it. It's Hollywood, uh, man. Yeah. So. That's what it's all about. So, he's got a. So, here's what I love. Yeah. His, his selected filmography on, on, uh, on Wikipedia is, like, 200 films. Okay. Like, yeah. He's got a little over 100 on his IMDb. And it seems to be Bloodsport, at least from what I can read and understand, looks to be his like first... like. Wait a second! American film. He was Lao Shea in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? Yeah! What the... I never noticed that. Where have you been? I'm Well, I haven't seen Temple of Doom in a long time. That sounds like a personal problem. In a while, okay. Oh man. So yeah, this, this guy though, he, he did like a ton of stuff. Um, I believe, yeah, he died in 1999 at the age of 72. And that was the last year that he actually did anything in acting, uh, where he played a character named uncle Wang, uncle Wang. Yeah. But he, he did a ton of different movies as, as an actor and, uh, going back to 1950, not bad, dude. Good job. So. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to a very young Forrest Whitaker. Super young. Yeah. So he he would have been like in his early 20s when he, he did this role. And he looks like it. He looks like he was a teenager that was just like, okay, yeah, let's throw him in this movie. Yeah. And he is like the one shining example of actual decent acting in the entire film as far as I can tell. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like even, even with, uh, uh, with Chow, you know, he's like, he, he, it's a lot of staring. It's a lot of just like disapproving looks. Right. 
Like there's not a lot there's not a lot of depth of acting going on in there. But you know, but, that's always been a good thing about Forrest Whitaker though. He always brings a very good element to the screen. Yeah. He he, he always he takes on his roles very seriously, no yeah. matter how minor. Like I love the fact that even when he's like eating the food there, he's just like, "Man, this is good." Yeah. And like everybody's just like, "This is horrible." And and of the, course, like the, not the, using, like doesn't know how to use chopsticks. The period. cop even walks up and they're like, "Sit down, have have something to eat." And he goes, "I don't eat here. I don't eat here." He goes, "Maybe you guys should request forks." <laughs> but uh, Forrest Whitaker is still acting to this day. Has a lot of stuff under his belt. It'd be very surprising if you have not seen him um, in something. Um, um, yeah. But a few of my favorite roles from his earlier days would have to be, of course, um, a lot of people recognize him from um, Fast Times in Regiment High. Yeah. And, of course, I really liked him with his supporting role in Blown Away. Yes. With Jeff Bridges and Tommy Lee Jones. He had a phenomenal role in that. Probably always going to be one of my top five roles of his. I think, uh, what was it, one of the the first ones I think I ever like saw him in that I was like holy crap this dude's good was uh actually Ghost Dog Ghost Dog I don't I don't think I could say I've seen that one really yep Ghost Dog the way of the samurai like it's it's a, I can't even picture the like the cover of it or anything oh, let me see if I can find one yeah there it's like yeah see nope never seen that in my life he was really good in that. Okay. I'm not saying it was a great movie, but he but was, he was really good. good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, Forrest Whitaker is just one of these actors that like you stick him in practically anything and you're going to get a quality performance. Yep. Out and of he does have that unfortunate physical feature where he's made into a funny meme. And you know, he looks like he took Dayquil and Nyquil at the same time. Horrible. <laughs> he couldn't not bring it up, man. <laughs> he just... You know, it's one of the things, but you know, stuff like that in Hollywood, that's what makes it stick out. You know, it's yeah. very easy, you know, for people to pick him out in any role and and everything like that. So, all right. So, let's get to the main three characters now in the movie. Let's start with Donald Gibb as Ray Jackson. Ray Jackson. So, you can't get any more white boy name than that. Ray Jackson. So, Donald Gibb is one of these dudes that he's he's just like a big dude. Yeah, he's got a naturally. He's just naturally big, and he's just like he's that he has turned his look into a career, and it's amazing. And you know what? It works for him. He he embraced and whatnot. I do like the fact that he has also done some voice acting for video games. Well, yeah, he's got a great voice. Yeah, he but and it's also like it's big video games too. Like you got Rage and Mafia too. Both those did phenomenal. Yeah, Um, and of course he got a small role in uh, Hancock. Uh, with uh, Will Smith, yeah, who some of you might know of. Oh, I always forget that he was uh, one of the security guards in Grind. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's see. He uh, the the. I mean, there's been a bunch of stuff. I mean, he was good in Bloodsport uh, and all of that. But the I mean, the most known thing for him has got to be Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, playing Ogre. You just, know, you, you got the, you know that's just cult. Nerds. <laughs> Big old cult classic comedy, you know, it's just really big. And he was uh, in U.S. Marshals. Yeah. He was, a, he was the big guy that fights them all in the beginning and ends up biting one of them. Yeah, I remember Interesting. that. So, he's, yeah, he's just one of these dudes that, like, he plays this character. That is what he plays. He got typecasted, but, you know, it's one of those typecasts that works out yeah, he, for he, him, and he, it doesn't seem to hold him back in, uh, in any way. Yes, so let's go ahead and move on to Bolo Young. Yes. So uh, Chinese guy, he plays a South Korean in Bloodsport, actually, because they were just like, this dude's Chinese, but he's going to be Japanese. And this dude's also Chinese, but he's going to be Korean and nobody's going to care. Because Frank Frank Duke says so. Because Frank <laughs> Duke says so. Uh, so he, Bolo Young is one of these guys that, uh, I mean, he's been in action movies like, Basically, since he started in films, correct. He was in Enter the Dragon. He, I believe, from from when I looked and, and so I was my Jackie research, Chan, right? You know, he he actually appeared in a decent number, not all of them, obviously, but decent number of Bruce Lee films. I don't think Enter the Dragon was his only one. Mm-mm. So, um, you know, I, I guess it seemed to be that he had good rapport with him, yeah, and uh, and you know they worked well together, whatever like that. Which which is good to know. Either way, he he made a name for himself though. 
as as being like a bodybuilder. Well, he was known as like the like Asian Hercules or whatever yes. like that. You know, he got into bodybuilding and he held the title for I believe like a decade. Like it was like ten years or something like that. It was like in consecutive streak or whatever like that. Once he got into bodybuilding and started doing competitions and everything. Yes. So he studied martial arts when he was young, got yeah. into it very young. Age of 10 then, or 11, yeah. something like and that. Then, and then proceeded to get into bodybuilding after that and won the Mr. Hong Kong bodybuilding champion. Uh, and then, like, yeah, held that for 10 years because of his impressively muscular physique. Kept that going, like, and getting parts in movies just because of, of honestly, the way that he looked. Yeah, it was uh, his, uh, like, facial features and then his his build just made him just automatically look like a good bad guy. Yes. So he he did get typecasted a little bit in that sense, but he seemed to embrace that too. And man, does he play a good bad guy. But he th- here's the craziest thing about that, though, is that that dude was like 50 when he did Bloodsport. And you know, he looks 30. Yeah, he looks amazing. <laughs> so uh, he's he's... He's not as bulked up as he used to be. No, but anymore. I think, I think he's but still he's seventy something years old. Still practices and, and still yeah, he still does martial arts and he still like exercises and stuff. But he's not. He doesn't do the bodybuilding anymore. Uh, but Bola Young is one of these guys that I'd love to meet just once and just shake his hand and be like, dude, thank you for being like one of the greatest villains. Yes, like. In, Absolutely. In martial arts. Thank history. you for your contribution to the like, film industry. It's like I respect the crap out of you for that. <laughs> and uh but yeah, he, he hasn't he, he did something in 2017, but it wasn't like a major role or no. anything like that. But I mean, who cares? If this man has yeah. if he's retired, good on no, him. He, like, I was he's, say, he's, he's, he's made he's made his footprint in, in Hollywood and yes. that's not going away at any time. Yes. So now let's move on to Jean Claude Van Damme. Jean Claude Van Damme. Yes, the muscles from Brussels. Born in Belgium, like we said, kickboxing champion, and then uh, cast in Bloodsport, and Frank Dukes put him through intense training to actually make him look like that. Uh, he's just... Which, I, you know, looking looking at his filmography and whatnot, Bloodsport, I feel, would have to be his breakout role. Like, you know, I, I feel like his other films aren't really that... What? Beforehand, yeah. No. I mean, no. I'm looking at his filmography, and I just found a movie on here that I, I I will have to actually go back and watch just to see if he's actually in it. Okay, and what is it? Breaking. 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 And it's, it's in, like, it's B-R-E-A-K-I-N apostrophe. Breaking. Breaking, okay. It's a movie about breakdancing. Oh, God. <laughs> I've actually met one of the main actors from the movie Breaking, and its sequel, Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo. I'm not joking. <laughs> That's the name. Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. Uh, <laughs> I'd have to look up like the different stuff. It would be Breaking and Breaking 2 are just like so horrible. They're amazing too. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme's got a history here. <laughs> uh, so, yes, he's just, I mean, Bloodsport was like pretty, uh, pretty like, um, new for him like he he hadn't been acting that long he well, started that's in, what i'm saying like he did he started in 79 as like uncredited role in monaco forever had a minor role as gay karate man Break, breaking was <laughs> uncredited extra uh and then uh see like 86 uh he he had a role in no retreat no surrender and then apparently was a stunt double in predator which is kind of crazy. I don't. I wonder who he was a stunt double for. And then it's like, okay, now he's going to do blood sport because, yeah, I mean, why not? And then it's just like, like it's like cyborg, black eagle, uh, kickboxer, lionheart, death warrant, double impact, universal soldier, nowhere to run. He shows up in last action hero as himself. Hard target, time cop, street fighter, sudden death. The Quest. You could have stopped two movies ago because let's talk about him in Street Fighter. You know, I mean, that movie is one of like the best worst video game movies. It's so good. It's so bad. It's just an (laughs) all around. Man, are his one liners delivered to perfection with his accent and everything like that. I'm going to get to my boat. I'm going to go up forever. I'm going to find that son of a bitch bison. And I mean, literally, like, I just I just played some online gaming last night with my, with my best friend, Ryan. And, you know, anytime, like, uh, 
something happens where they're like that, you know, it's like a jump scare or something that. Like last night, he literally just yelled, son of a bitch, bison. And like, it's still quoted to this day among me and my friends. And it's just like, that will always and forever be one of my favorites uh, that, that he has ever done. So yes, he then goes on and just does thing after thing after thing after thing. Bunch of universal soldiers. Now, here's a question for you. Did you see the movie titled JCVD? Uh, no, I did not, actually. Okay, so I was working at Blockbuster when this came out. And being the fan that I am, and I remember, you know, back in the day we had the little DVDs that were sent to us by corporate, and we put yeah. them in, and, we, you know, they played the previews for movies. I remember seeing the preview over and over multiple times a day. I'm like, okay, like, this is going to be pretty neat. Like, I'm excited for it. It's, you know, interesting little premise or whatever like that. It was 1,000% not what you expected. <laughs> And maybe like back then I didn't like look into things as much as I do now. And maybe that's probably the movie that made me start or whatever like that. But, you know, they're going through these scenes and about three quarters of the way through Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's like, he stops like they're in the middle of a scene or whatever like that. But then they stop the scene and he like looks, he breaks the fourth wall and he starts talking to the camera and then him and the camera elevate into the rafters above the set. And he has like a five minute dialogue with the camera talking to the viewer. <laughs> Just blows your mind because he and like breaks down like the the troubling of life that, you know, I guess like he had kind of been put through like for his movies. Cause like part of the movie was like him also going to court. I guess like he, I can't remember, did he get divorced in real life? I have no idea. So, well, anyway, in the movie, whether it was like, supposed to be a portrayal or not or whatnot he's going through a divorce and he's sitting in court and they're talking about the custody of the kids well so they bring up his movies and like they're going down movie by movie in this movie you killed this many men in this movie you killed this many men in this movie you killed this many men and these are a list of the ways that he killed the you know these guys and they start listing them and basically they're using his hollywood exploits as reasons for why he should not get his kids because he is only going to promote a violent upbringing mm. and uh, it just like i said by the end of it you're just like what the hell is this and it would just was not at all what i expected i watched it with my other buddy brian brian too and he was like what the fuck was that and i said i don't know that's not what i thought it was completely disappointed i don't think i'll ever watch it again just because of how it made me feel but if you want to experience it just to kind of get that under your belt, you're more than welcome to. And let me know what you think of it. Exactly. Because reasons. Yes. So, so Jean-Claude Van Damme, though, you, everybody knows who Jean-Claude Van Damme yep. is. So that's, he, that's, did, he did an excellent villain in Expendables too. by the way. Yeah, he did. I loved him in it. Um, uh, Sly told him, you know, because uh, he was approached by uh, JCVD and, you know, he said, you know, I want to be the bad guy. Sly told him, if you want to be the villain in my movie, you're going to have to bulk up. And I remember, you know, I had like, you know, started recently following, following him on uh, Facebook and whatnot. And he starts like pumping out these videos and these posts of like all this training regiment. And like you, he did like this before and after picture and the dude, you know, pulled, you know, a, you know, Dwayne Johnson, he like doubled his size and mm-hmm. just like, you know, makes his, even makes blood sports on club and Dan look small. And uh, I, Thoroughly love him in that. I thought he did a really, really good job. And, you know, the the end fight, of course, between him and Sly at the end of that was superb. Yes. So, you know, if you're an action so, film, you're more likely seeing something with him in it. If you haven't, I'm sorry. You're missing out on some big-time action culture. All right. So let's get to the real star of this movie, Frank Dukes. You found him, didn't you? The child? So... Here, no, 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 not that. Although, oh, actually, no, no, no. okay. Well, well, you get that. Yeah, I'm gonna you look for that child. For, yeah, you yeah, search for fine. young, young, uh, uh, young, young Frank Dukes. Young Frank, I already found him. There, there you go. go. What did he do? Anything, motherfucker? No, he didn't. You were right. He that's did that just, one movie. That was thing. it. Well, actor one. <laughs> just, like, no, nah, I'm not going to do anything. Pierre else. Rafiti is an actor known for Bloodsport. That is all is in his biography. That is awesome. That is awesomely sad. How? Oh, I don't even know what he did later. Nothing. No follow up. Lame. Somebody needs to find that. We, <laughs> let's find him. Fans of the show, find this this man. We will interview him. 
That will be our first special guest, Pierre Rafini, playing 10 year old Frank Dukes in Bloodsport. Someone find him for us, please. I want to interview this man so badly we, now. We're going to revitalize his career. So here we go. Frank Dukes. Frank Dukes is, is this mythical character as of yet uh, that, that he, he is a real person. That this, that's what this movie is based on. The real life exploits or like yeah. events of this person. It says that it's based on a true story. That's debatable. Not even really debatable. No, it didn't happen. No, it did not. So, so I'm just going to run through some of the things of of Frank Dukes here. Yeah, we don't, we don't have enough memory to tackle everything. So, <laughs> this is a man who who essentially BS'd his way into like getting that, a movie made. That is putting it lightly. Yeah. So uh, this dude, dude, this dude. Andy Dufresne his way <laughs> and to get this movie made. He, he crawled through five football fields of shit so, and came out clean on the but other here's, side. Here's the thing I will say, <laughs> despite all of this, the dude was actually, even, even if you, if you, you take away some of the other stuff, the dude was an accomplished fighter. They've actually, there is footage of him actually fighting in, in legit tournaments and doing very well in them. Okay. So fair enough. So the, the he does know how to fight. We'll we'll give credit where credit is due. And he did establish his own school of ninjutsu uh, in California, I believe. Dukes but, Ryu. But here's here's the thing. I'll give you some some like little tidbits that are that give are me the cliff notes of it, if you of will. Frank Dukes. Frank Dukes was once offered twenty five thousand dollars to kill Steven Seagal. <laughs> oh no way. Yep. Wait, wait Frank did, it, Dukes, did it say who Frank offered Dukes it? Claimed that a man. Oh, he. Okay, I'm sorry. This is a claim. Yeah, this of is his. a claim. This okay. is a claim. This isn't none. None of these are provable for the most part. <laughs> this is just just that he said it. <laughs> Some guy offered him twenty five thousand dollars to kill Steven Seagal, another fighter at that time. Right. Who then also went on to become a famous uh, superstar. Okay. Uh, no records of this exist. And it, the only report comes from Dukes himself, who told the police that somebody had offered to pay him, which, you know, is whatever. Okay. Uh, That's a pretty strong starting point. What else you got? <laughs> the sword that he wins at the end of Bloodsport in the Kumite. Which he, said, he, said, he says is an actual award that they give out at the Kumite. Which, which is it, it does look similar to his mentor. Which Tanaka. the mentor yeah. won, you know, when right. he fought. Uh, but... Dukes claims that he sold the prize sword to save orphans in the Philippines. So Frank Dukes reportedly sold the sword uh, that he got from winning the Kumite uh, and therefore has no evidence that the sword actually existed. Also no evidence that he won the Kumite. Yes. uh, But he he sold the sword to pay for a mission to rescue orphans from pirates in the Philippines. Duke says many of them now reside in the U.S. and are loyal enough to kill for Dukes. The children, not the pirates, by the yes. way. <laughs> Just to clarify, the when, children when, that he rescued from the pirates. When people brought scrutiny to this fact, none of the children came forward to back him up. So therefore, it's just Frank Dukes' word that he did it. That he has people willing to kill for him that he saved. All right, here here is a true statement. Okay. Is that uh that I not, we talked about this before. Uh Frank Dukes was not impressed by Van Damme's uh athletic abilities and therefore put him through 3 months of intense physical training that even Jean-Claude Van Damme was just like, "Holy crap, that was that was insane." Okay. So that did actually happen. Despite the fact that, you know, he uh which uh, is pretty awesome all things considered cuz you you know, you look at Jean-Claude and you know, you know, that he had a past, you know, already, he was already fit to begin with and whatnot. So he was already, I'm pretty sure used to physical and, you know, hardcore training. So for him to have backed it up and said that it was that intense probably was pretty ridiculous. So Dukes grew up uh, outside of Los Angeles until he was 16 and lived in the suburbs. He said at 16, uh, Senzo Tiger Tanaka took him uh, to Japan to train him as a ninja. Uh, Shoto Tanimura, a well-known ninja trainer and one of the last ninjutsu teachers, like legit ninjutsu teachers, Mm -hmm. uh, said he had never heard of Tanaka and Dukes made up the story. Oh, well, that's horrible. Uh, 
So I talked about this before. Dukes uh, challenged Van Dam to a fight on the set, and he said uh, that uh, he was up on an I beam, hundreds of feet in the air, did a jumping spin heel kick. Jean Claude Van Dam laughed, told Dukes he made his point, and bought him dinner. <laughs> Dukes claims that he won the Medal of Honor. Exaggerating military service is nothing new, but Frank's, Frank Dukes takes stolen valor to a new level. Dukes <laughs> claims that he was awarded the Medal of Honor in a secret ceremony for his service in, in Southeast Asia. Though Dukes did serve in the Marines, the only record of his service states he fell off of a truck and never left San Diego, much less the U.S. Furthermore, the Medal of Honor must also be presented to soldiers in public since it is approved by the United States Congress and the ceremony is a matter of public record. They don't just go handing those suckers out no. for kicks. No. Uh, let's see here. So, pretty much what you're telling me here, based on real events and blah blah blah, is Frank has pretty much embellished most of his natural adult life. The only person who can who claims to be a witness uh, other than Frank Dukes to the Kumite was trained by Frank Dukes. No, no, never would have guessed that one. No, uh, Dukes reportedly made the trophy that he won for the Kumite. Uh, at a local shop that makes trophies. Oh. But there is some speculation as to that actually happening. Now, uh, Duke said that he worked as a covert CIA operative and did stuff in Central America. Uh, people who is the, uh, uh, you know, like in the Navy and stuff says there is no record of his military service whatsoever. But of course, they would say that. They would say that. Now, damn government. Here's the thing, though, like the, the, Beside, okay, two more things. Then. One, the uh, the organization that holds the Kumite seems to have disappeared. No, where'd they go? The uh, Let's see, what was their name? The F uh, International Fighting Arts Association just sort of uh, vanished. What happened to them? Nobody knows. They oh. just disappeared somehow. And then uh, the only reference, though, to the Black Dragon Society is a website owned and operated by Frank Dukes. Frank Dukes? Yes. But no. on there, they do list him as one of the 10 patriarchs of the Black Dragon Society as of right now, which means he's one of their leaders. How do people do this? Like, how do people accomplish things like this? It is just absolutely insane to me. Yes. Now. So, so here's where we get to the fun stuff, though. The actual, like, records of Frank Dukes that the are math, at the end of the movie. The math. So it says, like, you know, okay, he did this, he did that, he, he won all of these fights, blah, 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 blah. And it's like says, and he had the fastest knockout with a kick, fastest knockout with a punch, fastest blah, 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 blah. Yeah. All that stuff. You can be as fast and as then, you want. That's and fine. It, that's fine. Okay, whatever. That, whatever. That's not, that's not the point. The, the point is that it says that he won 56 victories in a single elimination tournament in a row. And now, other people are like, wow, that's amazing. He won 56 matches in in a row by knockout. Before you go ahead and destroy this fact, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Do you think they possibly would have meant over multiple kumites that were held? It says single one single elimination tournament. Okay, I know it did. I just wanted to try there dangle and, and, a little bit of hope in front of the no, fact before no. you completely so, so here's the deal. <laughs> the math don't work out. No. So if you have a 56 person deep tournament, then it, it just, so like a six person tournament is like a hundred something people because you've got a branch, all that before you can finally get down to like the final two. And so like, if you get six matches deep, think of like that branch going out. You saw how we did with the MCU and all that crap. Like that was nothing like that. And that was all of those. And then they just kind of like kept filtering down, filtering down. Right. So you go 56 deep. Do you know how many people competed in this tournament? Not off the top of my head. Several quadrillion people. Quadrillion. Quadrillion. Not million. Not, Not million. billion. Nope. Quadrillion. Quadrillion. As in like way, way, way more people than have ever existed on earth. <laughs> yeah. That happened. That's what Frank Duke said. And there's just a ton of little things in here that just keep going and going and picking at this person. And so I want somebody to make a movie about Frank Dukes getting this movie made. That would be awesome. Like a documentary? Yeah. Like the disaster Netflix. artist? Netflix. 
Get but, on it. But for Frank Dukes. Yes. Netflix needs to do a Frank Dukes special. Yeah. And they should title it Duke It Out. And then after they do that, they should do one on Rudy as well. So. <laughs> yeah. Look it up. Look up the guy. Who, I, look yeah. up Rudy. Okay. And look up the real story behind Rudy. And you will be shocked and amazed. Oh. Yeah. Look All it right. up. So that's it, though. Frank Dukes is one of these guys that, like, everybody knows him in the martial arts community, and everybody's just like, oh, that dude's crazy. Yeah. Like, he apparently is, is doing things like investigating the Freemasons and stuff right now to their cult practices and blah, blah, blah. So the, the dude's kind of, like, gone off the deep end as far as I can tell, but he I still, think from the sound still does of a it, ton of crap. I think from the sound of it, we have a modern-day... Uh you know, cult leader on our hands. That is quite possible. You know, it's, you know, he, it sounds like he's got this crazy. If he does, it sounds like he got this crazy following yeah. that won't speak out in public form, but will kill for him. Yeah. When asked. And that's scary in and of itself. Yeah. And if they've all been trained with, you know, Duke's Ryu ninjutsu, that also makes them lethal. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see Netflix's documentary yeah. whenever they hear this episode and, uh, you know, start recording it and bring it out for the world to see. Yeah, so, I think that should happen. But let's give our actual ratings. For absolutely. This movie. What are you going for? So um, I have three ratings to give oh, for this. Great. Let's do it. <laughs> so um, I have my drunk rating. I have my sober rating and I have Blake's rating. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so drunk rating is a solid eight and a half. All right. Because there's no way that you are not entertained while you are inebriated while watching this film. David and Lisa sets the record for fastest drunken review. <laughs> Sober review, it's a solid like four and a half, five. Gotcha. It, it, it loses multiple points for just reality setting in and noticing all the horrible editing and fight choreography and everything like nice. that. And at the end of the day, I can only give it half the points for just being purely entertaining just because of knowing the story behind it. David Kalisa sets the world's longest <laughs> running number of uh, knockouts in a review. <laughs> and lastly, Blake gave it a solid six for similar reasons and whatnot. He, you know, he has his favorite scenes in it. It's like how you said, one of the ones that likes to, if it's on TV or whatever like that, he's going to sit down and watch it and whatnot. So, you know, we're, we're pretty close with it. And I, I can agree with him for giving it a six. Blake, like Pierre, never worked again in the film industry. <laughs> Well, luckily he, you know, he's more of an automotive person. So all that, right, that perfect. Won't, that'll, that's great. <laughs> that that works out for him. So but I'm curious now, though. Mine, <laughs> mine is mine is very similar. I'm going to go for a solid six. Okay, because it's it's one of these movies. It's just it's so utterly horrendous that it's amazing. Right. It's like I said. It's that roller coaster. Oh, this is great. This is horrible. This is great. This is horrible. <laughs> it's uh, it's hard to define, but. It, I'm sure younger generations don't get it. No, but, there's no, I but, mean, I'd be surprised if they did. I, I'm sure, I'm sure if they did one of those kids react videos. Oh God, that'd be hilarious. And show them this movie. They'd be like, what are they doing? Yeah. Why do they keep playing music and just doing, what, what is this? Why is he <laughs> running away from those guys with this weird song playing? It doesn't make any sense. Why does he care about these people so deeply? What the hell kind of guns are those? Why did he have a 10 minute flashback? Why is that kid wearing two shirts? <laughs> Why representing two different teams? I don't get this. None of this makes any sense. So there it is. Doesn't have to. Yep. It's blood sport. It's blood sport. So there it is. Just on the sober scores alone, it looks like it gets a solid like five and a half. Yep, yep. Which, you know, if you if you give it more than that, we would love to hear your explanation as to why. And we would love to debate you on it <laughs> because, you know, that would just be fantastic and entertaining in and of itself. Yes, yes, yes. So, but as usual, this was a blast. Yeah. You know, doing movies like this is always going to be fun. I wish, I honestly wish that we could just have like react videos of us literally just watching the, the movies. But I wish there's a way. I we, wish we could. We get, legally couldn't do that, but man, would it be fun. Could we do that without showing the video? Theoretically, yes. Like literally just, it's just us like looking at us reacting to it while we're watching it. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> Yay. Loopholes. Yay. <laughs> but that's, that's yeah, that's it. That so. is it. I mean, there's nothing more. It, Find us on uh, our social media <laughs> stuff. 
Uh, we're on Facebook. Please get on there and let us know what you think of Bloodsport or, you know, anything. De- debate us or any other movie that you actually want to talk about. Uh, David here does a very good job at sharing things to the to the group and uh, getting um, people's opinions on it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's fun to do. I, I follow plenty of other movie things. There's always plenty of news to be shared and talked oh, tons, about and, yeah. and everything like that. So there's always going to be new content, usually uh, on a daily basis, or especially when I'm bored. Yeah, there's you know, there's usually like four to five things all back to back, and it's going to blow up your feed. But hey. The more you see it, the more you care about us. Yeah. And remember, folks, if you are going to go and watch a Kumite, don't forget to grab your popcorn. Goodbye, everybody.